Did you enjoy, uh, enjoy baptisms? Huh? That's always a good time, isn't it? My first time of doing it, uh, I hope it's not the last, you know, now, you know. It's kind of, it's, a, it's an enjoyable thing to do. It's an enjoyable honor to be a part of that. So I hope you get an opportunity someday to, to do it. And you're not too old to, you know. I mean, there's some of us who are getting up there, you know, we're it's our first time, so why not you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, uh, I just pray that my words uh, are from you. God, those words. Allow your truth to penetrate our hearts, Father. Amen. God told Abraham that uh, the Israelites were going to receive a promised land at some point. Israelites had a crazy, read through the Old Testament, I mean, they had an up and down ride along the way. They would trust God, and then they'd fall off, and they'd trust God, and they'd fall off. So that was kind of their, their pattern. Well, they end up being enslaved in, uh, in Egypt. And you know the story that uh, God sent some, some plagues onto Egypt, and uh, Pharaoh said, okay, I give up, uh, take them away. And Moses leads this exodus out of, out of Egypt. To the promised land. And we're going to pick up a piece of scripture where they're just about ready to enter the promised land and uh, something takes place. Um, Moses tells, uh, God tells Moses rather to, to choose some spies, one from each tribe to go into this land of Canaan, the promised land, and just see, what, uh, see what's going on there. Check out the, whether, they, whether they're living in tents or whether they have a fortress, kind of a land there? Uh, is there forest? Uh, how's the produce? Is it good farmland? What else is going on in the community? Are they, are they really, uh, do they have a lot of strength? Is there a lot of numbers? What's the population? So these 12 guys go into, uh, into Canaan and they come back with a report. And the report is, yeah, man, it's a great country. Uh, God's promised land is beautiful. It's a land of milk and honey, they referred to it as. But then they veered off a little bit. Ten of those guys said, uh, we can't do it. There's no way we can take those people. There's no way we can go in there and take over that land. These guys are like little giants. I mean, they're just, they're amazing. We just can't do it. But two of the guys, Caleb, Joshua, said, no, let's, let's do it. And that's kind of where we're going to pick up this little piece of scripture. It's uh, Numbers, in, Numbers 13. Verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people from Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they, they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land they explored devours those that are living in it. And all the people we saw were like great size. When these 10 of the 12 spies showed little faith, they come back with this doom and gloom report that they gave about the land. They were really slandering what they believed God had promised them. They did not believe that God could help them. The people as a whole, as the Israelites, were persuaded that it was not possible to take this land. As a result, the entire nation spent the next 40 years wandering around in the desert until that, uh, that last generation had died off except Joshua and Caleb. And God allowed them to go into the, to the promised land. Because they did give a favorable point. They knew that God's power could get them there. 
keep that scripture in mind for a minute. I want to show a commercial, and I'm not, uh, I'm not advocating that you, uh, you purchase a product, obviously, but I think there's a preachable story in this commercial. Okay, Valerie? Don't be a settler. Um, see if we can figure out how we can tie those two pieces together now. I need your help, though. As, as, I, as I talk, I'll probably revert back to the word settlers, settlers, instead of settlers. You know, so when I say settlers, I need you to respond back with, no, settlers. Okay, let's try it one time. I'm going to say settlers, and you're going to say, no, settlers. Settlers. You got to have it, settlers. You know, you don't want to stretch that word out too much. So you kind of watch me during, uh, as I talk, and maybe there's somewhere I'm going to slip up more than likely, you know. So um, what we're going to do now is uh, see if we can tie those two commercials about settlers. Well, you are good. You're right on. Okay. I think we're, I think we're going to be all right. Um, it made me wonder how many places we as Christian, as a nation, maybe as a church, the big church, maybe as a congregation, uh, how often do we settle for less than what God has promised us? Are we really settlers? Ah. I love it that uh, we just baptized uh, Little and uh, Devon and CJ and Minor, and a couple weeks ago it was Langston. These young people, they chose not to be settlers. They chose to be, they chose not to be settlers, right? They chose not to be settlers, okay? I, I think I might have opened up a can of worms here, I don't know. <laughs> but that's all right. Keep up, keep me honest. Yeah, they, they chose to profess their faith to God. They propose to come up here publicly and say, hey, I love Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. And that's pretty cool. It reminded me of another story. In Acts 8, 26 through 40, um, it's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. Uh, you're probably familiar with the story, but uh, this Ethiopian had been to worship in Jerusalem, and he was traveling back. And uh, God told Philip to go up to his chariot. He said, get up by his chariot and stand there. You know, get up close to him. And the, this, this Ethiopian was a pretty big guy, pretty big deal. He was a treasure of uh, all the treasures of the queen of Ethiopia. So he had some, he had some power. But uh, God told Philip to do it. And Philip, not being a settler, okay, he ran right up to the, uh, right up and stood right beside the, the chariot. And in the process, uh, he said, he heard what he was reading. He was reading out of the book of Isaiah. And he said, hey, uh, do, you, do you know what you're reading there? And, and then the, the eunuch said, well, how could I understand? I don't know. I never know somebody to tell me about it. He said, come on up in here with me. So Philip crawls up in the, in the chariot with him and they, they ride along. And uh, Philip explains to him what he had been reading. And he read about uh, the Christ and the sacrifice. And, and he went on to explain the gospel to this Ethiopian eunuch. And as they were riding along, 
the, the, the eunuch said, whoa. He said, wait. He said, down there's some water. He said, what's keeping me from being baptized right now? So he said, stop the chariot. So they stopped the chariot. Uh, Philip and the Ethiopian went down to the water and they were baptized. And when they come out of the water, this is the interesting part, Philip disappears. Okay, Philip's gone. The Ethiopian never sees him again. But the Ethiopian leaves rejoicing. I think I accounted for all the guys that did baptizing this morning. I think they're all still with us, okay? But God's so cool. The, Philip just kind of goes, whoosh, he's gone. It's beautiful. The Ethiopian wasn't a settler. He, he, chose, he chose to, uh, to follow Christ. He wasn't going to wait around. How many times have some of us kind of, or maybe you are, kind of sitting back and saying, uh, I, don't, I, don't think I, I don't think I'm ready to commit my life to Christ. I don't think I'm ready to follow Christ. I've got to get my life together first. I'm doing some crazy things. I need to, I need to settle where I am. And once I get things together and things are going good and I'm looking good, then I'll commit to Jesus Christ. You're just, you're just settling is what you're doing. Don't settle. I thought about some other places in the Bible that, uh, where there were some settlers uh, that, that are pretty obvious. One of them was uh, Judas. Okay, Judas settled, didn't he? He settled for a few pieces of silver to betray Christ. Can you imagine? And he paid big time for it, didn't he? He went out and hung himself. Uh, another one would be uh, King David. I thought about King David. He was a settler. He settled for a moment of, uh, of lust for Bathsheba. And that, that moment of lust for Bathsheba that he settled for caused him great pain and suffering. I mean, he was disobedient in a whole bunch of ways after that to cover it up. You know, he suffered because of, he just, he settled for that moment. And he, we just can't do it. I thought about, um, have you ever played the game What If? As a kid, uh, it was kind of fun to think about. What if, for instance, uh, what if Tom Brady was West Virginia University's quarterback? You know, that'd be a what if. That's kind of what ifs I was thinking about, you know. That'd be pretty crazy. Also, uh, one of my favorite was, it'd be, uh, what if the American Indians... They had the Gatlin guns and the rifles and all the stuff. And these European guys coming over to, into the West had the bows and arrows. What if? Do you think our world would be different then? Yeah, it'd probably be a little bit different, wouldn't it? What if? How about some what ifs out of the Bible? Um, can you imagine if the Apostle Paul, as he's walking along the road to Damascus and he was blinded, what if he was a settler? What if he said, well... <laughs> I'm blind, I might as well just go back home and let my family take care of me. Can you imagine what we would have missed out of the New Testament? All the books he wrote, all the stories of faith. That'd be, that'd be crazy, crazy, wouldn't it? You know, we would have missed all that. And then we also would have missed the fact that he was the one that introduced the gospel to the Gentiles. That's, that's you guys, okay? Most of you, I imagine, you know. If you weren't Jew, you were Gentile, so... Yeah, we would have missed all that if Paul had been a settler. How about, uh, how about the other 11 disciples? They had a good run with Jesus. Three years, they'd hung out and had a good time. Jesus had, been, had a super you know, ministry going on, but then he dies, he's hanging on the cross, he's dead. What if, what if those 11 had said, man, I, we're just going to have to settle? 
it's over, I guess, you know, so we might as well go back home and get our job collecting taxes or fixing nets or fishing or whatever they were doing, you know. What if they had settled? That would have been crazy. I know those are extreme examples because we have a God who orchestrates those stories, you know. Those just didn't happen. So, but, but the idea that settlers, and I wondered uh, where we'd be as, uh, as, as we settle. What are some things that might happen um, one of the things I thought about was that John Piper says there's no retirement um, in, in your Christian relationship. There's no retirement in your Christian service. There's no retirement in what you should be doing. And I thought about all of us, my generation, and maybe some of us older, even the older than I am that might be here. Are we settling? We are the most, we, we've got so much talent. We've got so much money. We've got so much that we could do. But we're going to settle for sitting on the sidelines and watching the church roll by. When what we should be doing is, is pouring into the next generation of believers. We have an opportunity and we need to take advantage of it and do something with it. We don't need to be settlers. We need to be leaders. and We need to move forward. How about young families? How many of your young families are you settling. How many of you are uh, spending a lot of time nurturing the sports, the dance, uh, the cheerleading, the, the playing, the, the choir, the, all those extra activities. You're pouring in and nurturing your child to, uh, to, to be great at those things, and that's okay. But sometimes we're doing it at the expense of nurturing for the relationship of Jesus Christ. We're settling for one thing that the world says is great, and we're, and we're letting go of what God's asked us to do, and that's raise up a generation of believers. That's what we've got to be doing. We can't be settlers. And the sad part about it is that sometimes uh, those young families, that actually becomes a priority in their lives. It sets a priority over what they should be doing, whether it's church or something else. So we don't need to be settlers. Sometimes we settle uh, for sin that looks so good. You know, sin, sin can look really good, and we fall into that, and it causes us to, to mess up our relationship with Christ. In uh, Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let temptation beyond, He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out of that temptation. What a promise for us believers. We want to sit back and say, I couldn't help myself. I just, I don't know. I just, I just can't pull myself out. God doesn't say that. He said, I promise you there's a way out. But we settle on just that, that temptation. We settle on what this world has to offer us. Let's not be settlers. Sin isn't always, always doing what's wrong either. Sometimes sin is not doing what's right. And I wondered how many times we have settled on this one. We have an opportunity to share the gospel. And we settle for just being quiet because we don't want to, we don't want to be laughed at. We don't want to be uh, looked down on. We don't want to mess up a, a relationship with our peers. So we just settle. We settle on just quietly going through our everyday life rather than taking advantage of the opportunities we have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we're settlers, 
No, settlers, yeah. I'm glad you guys confessed to be settlers. I knew I could get a confession out of you there. No, we're settlers. That's what we do. Uh, King David is a boy. He, uh, he had an opportunity to kind of be a settler. He, he was sent up to take food to, the, to these brothers, okay? And instead of just taking food there, what's he do? He steps out boldly, uh, takes on this giant Goliath and kills him, you know. That's pretty cool. He stepped out boldly and did something beyond what he should do. Maybe we should choose not to be settlers and instead trust God to step out boldly in our faith. What difference could we make? It might be remarkable what we could do if we just didn't settle. Another short little commercial that uh, Valerie is going to show for us. that lolly. I knew it was going to show up somewhere, right? I believe that uh, somewhere along the church, somewhere along the way, church has decided to settle also. Some of you might consider your church just your provider. It provides you with uh, your spiritual education or this, it uh, Provide you with maybe even spiritual entertainment. I don't know. But we got to realize that we are the church. And our job is not to please ourselves, but to please God. Church isn't our provider, so to speak. We have a responsibility. We've got to begin to think more about glorifying God on what he does for us. And less on what the church can provide for us. We've got opportunity to, uh, to make change by how we don't allow the church to become just our provider. <clears throat> Sunday morning has become a lick on the family lolly. That's what I thought about. I saw that. I said, that's what Sunday morning is. We stroll in here. We get a, an opportunity to have the sweet taste that we get from from some worship. We come in here and uh, just get satisfaction. And that's okay. Because our satisfaction should come from the fact that we're glorifying God, right? Not in what's being provided for us. But we treat Sunday sometimes like a lick on the family lolly. We think it's something we're supposed to get. It's supposed to be for us. And it's supposed to sweeten us up. When in reality, they call it worship because it's all about praising God and lifting God up. So if we spent less time maybe about thinking about what the church could do for us and more about what we should be doing and less the church as a provider. Don't settle for just a lick off the Sunday lollipop. We are the church. We are the church and the church is the bride of Christ. And I can't imagine a bride settling for being anything but the very best she could be as she meets the groom. 
And my question to this church is, are we settling? Are we the very best we can be as the bride of Christ? I think we got opportunity to, to move. I think we got opportunity to look better than we really are right now. I don't think we need to settle. I think we need to continue to grow. My challenge is uh, not to settle, obviously. Let's not be settlers. Let's not be settlers. Settlers, yeah, that's it. As individuals, let's find ways to grow our relationship with Christ. Let's spend time reading scripture and praying, fellowshipping together. Let's, let's find ways to just grow this kingdom here. We have a unique opportunity here. We don't have a, a pastor at the moment. Because of that, I'm here, right? I'm standing here, right? But we all have that opportunity. We have an opportunity not to settle on just getting by until a senior pastor gets here. We don't want to just settle on that and wait. We want to grow this ministry. We want to continue to see this church flourish and grow for God's glory. So let's not be settlers. It's no settlers. Take your family lollipop home. If it's all that's left on it is the stick, you'll just have to take it home, I guess, and stick it somewhere where you might see it in the next week or so and think about how you might be settling, how you might be not taking advantage of all the power that Jesus Christ has to offer. We're, we're, we call ourselves believers. We call ourselves followers. We call ourselves Christians. We have, we have the Holy Spirit inside us and yet we're willing just to settle it's kind of absurd when you think about it that that here we are we're these tiny bits of people on a tiny speck in this unbelievable universe that God has created that he spoke into existence and yet we want to step back and say wait a minute I think I got a better idea right this is God okay so let's not settle on any less than what we can be. Let's grasp the promises that God has put on us and be as great as we can be. Let's stand and pray.